Welcome to the Positive View Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and end- endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. Today, we're talking, or rather, we're asking, why am I so angry? Yes, but before we get into that, at the end of every episode, we set a mission for ourselves. Last week's mission was to think of something you're negative about and ask yourself, why am I so negative about this? So Brianna, how did that go for you? Well, Christy, I wish I could tell you I got nothing. I was positive about everything this week, but I can't. (laughs) Um, So I, you know, in trying not to dwell in that space, uh, I'm going to keep it short. So essentially it was uh, just having some negative thoughts about my, myself, I guess we'll say, as you know, I've been looking for a new uh, position and uh, was just kind of having doubts about my abilities there for for a hot second. I think that's just kind of a natural thing for me, trying not to be, you know, my terrible hype man, trying not to be big headed, all of it kind of goes into uh, just some negative self talk about my skills and experience. And I had to really work on um, why, you know, I had to identify why am I being uh, negative about this. And as we have talked about in the past, it was really just a way for me to kind of mitigate the thought of, well, what if I don't get this position and trying to like head it off at the pass. And uh, after our conversation, I really worked on um, just allowing myself to be excited and hopeful and let that negativity go, or at least just acknowledge it and say, that's a, that's an old, that's an old story I'm telling myself. And today I just want to be excited about the potential for this. Uh, So I feel like it went well. How did it go for you? It's interesting that you mentioned like doubting your own skills because I, I have some very aggressive publishing goals for this particular new series that we're launching that, um, that I'm writing uh, because we need the revenue from the series that I create to be able to afford to publish more other people's works, right? So I'm already counting on the revenue from this new series. I'm counting my chickens, so do they speak, uh, so to speak. And I had a great word count day on the 31st. I was like, great, it's a new month. It's going to be my best month ever. I've got this new system where I'm trying to just log a little bit of words every hour, just keep going. And I had a word count goal and I didn't hit it. I got like, I think about 47% of what I'd hoped to do that day. And I was very negative about it. I was very much in that self-doubt place where it's like, you know, you can't even, you, you lowered the goal and you didn't even get that. And and one of the things that I realized towards the end of the night, I was really negative all day and I couldn't snap out of it. And I was just feeling, I was telling myself a lot of stories about like me not getting as much work done and what that means. And I just, I was like rolling. And Toward the end of the day, I was doing the dishes and um, the slight pain that I had in my back since the moment I woke up and, you know, had to go to get the groceries and stuff uh, got even worse. And it registered in my mind that I'd been in pain all day Mm. and I didn't take any pain medication and I didn't think about it. And I didn't, I just hadn't realized that when I, when I'm in a little bit of pain, it can contribute to me being more negative. And this morning I woke up and I didn't hurt anymore. And it was amazing how, even though I'm at the same word count point, actually less at this point, cause we're, you know, we're doing the podcast and I had to go get some blood work done because, you know, I had errands to run and whatnot, where I am right now with my word count is less than where I was at this time yesterday, but today I don't feel bad about it. And strangely enough, because I was feeling so bad about it, I was so negative that I couldn't get more. Or also, I just could have just laid down and rested mm-hmm. and felt fine. And so some of the times, I, you know, it's important to also look at, I think for me, you know, like the physiological reasons why you might be, that might be contributing to your negativity. And it doesn't have to be pain. It could be sleep. It could be food. It could be stress levels. It could be a lot of other things, but I've got to be really careful with the stories I tell myself because I was really, I really felt like a failure for more of the day than I think needed to be. Mm -hmm. Well, and I definitely appreciate, you know, just 
continuing to talk about those stories that we tell ourselves, because I think that's a good segue into, you know, talking about or asking ourselves, not just why am I so negative, but also uh, one of the, the other big ones, I think, which is, why am I so angry? And Christy, um, can I just ask, why are you so angry? Well, I'd like to say as a middle-aged premenopausal um, chubby woman, uh, the sweating and the heat and the general rage is just pouring off of me a lot of the time. I've got a lot of things. I was just like, oh, well, this one's going to be an easy one for me. I, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about being, I thought it was great that we did anger after negativity is because they're very closely related to me. Mm-hmm. And I will say that the fury I feel with how I want things to go and how other people (laughs) I feel are doing them not the way I want them to go and how I feel that those people are getting in my way has a lot to do with my rage. Um, (laughs) It makes me really, really mad when I want things to go one way and it doesn't go that way. Even if I'm not outwardly like angry, it was really funny. I'll give you an example. David and I had, I, I made a pot roast. We had an early dinner, um, like, I mean, like old people early, like four in the afternoon, right? Because we're recording this early. Because uh, I wanted to have not just, I, I, I skip lunch. I just wanted to have pot roast and then later for dinner, more pot roast. So it's basically lunch and then pot roast snack, right? David cleans everything. My guy cleans everything. And I'd made a mess. And he cleaned it up lickety split. Fantastic. I go out. I'm going to get my coffee cup because we're going to talk after dinner. We're going to have our little talk in the living room. And he gets up and he grabs my water because he's on a roll. And he just throws it away. I was like, hey, I was drinking that. <laughs> and instead of him saying, oh, I'm sorry, I, I tossed out your water. He was like, stop leaving things around and make it a mess. And then we're all rah, rah, rah. And um, <laughs> in that moment, I was angry because I felt misunderstood. And I felt like, hey, you did the thing where you knew I was drinking that. But he didn't, obviously. He was just on a roll of cleaning everything up. And we went from having a great time over pot roast to absolute utter rage to, I'm sorry I yelled at you for no reason while we're having a perfectly great time. I would say in about 98 seconds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's amazing how quickly that can happen. (laughs) It's amazing. What I love is that with him, I can actually be what I call my rotten self. And then we can just apologize. And it like, he's the only person I could be this rotten with. Um, Yeah, which is good for a partner, you know, because I don't know if I could hold it in for 40, 50, 60 years. (laughs) Well, I definitely can, um, hmm, I can definitely relate uh, to the uh, the story or how we assume, you know, something will happen and we just assume that uh, the other person either knows what we intended or knows what we want, uh, knows what we want to have happen. And let me just start there that um, I, I promise like the whole episode isn't going to be about other people making me angry or making us angry. We'll get farther into it, but I think let's you'll start be in charge here. of that one. No, I'm just <laughs> joking. <laughs> um, because you, you hit on a couple of good points. One that the anger comes when our expectations are not, uh, being met or things aren't happening the way that we expect or want them to. Uh, and then the other is again, that sense of the stories that we're telling ourselves about whatever it is, uh, that that other person is doing. And particularly if it's seeming like they're doing something to us and doing it on purpose, uh, <laughs> Maybe they are, and I've certainly been in those situations, but more often than not, they're just in their own little bubble going about their own kind of business. Um, As you illustrated with David, he was just on a roll. So he just saw the glass and was like, let's get this out of here. Um, My mom is actually the same way where if it's, you know, dinner or whatever, and if she's done, it's like the plates start coming off the table and you're like, wait, I'm eating. (laughs) so she's not doing it on purpose she's not you know trying to deprive me or anything like that so I think it's really important when we talk about why are we angry that uh, similar to what we did last week we really identify kind of what's what's happening like what is the truth of the situation and try to give ourselves a little space uh, or give ourselves a beat 
before we go right from story into anger um, and and that way we can really identify, is this something I truly need to be angry about? Because if it is, then more power to you. Let's feel our feelings. Uh, but if it's not, then maybe there's something else there, like it's just frustration or stress or um, I don't know, pick anything <laughs> as far as the emotions go. Um, it may actually be that. I know sometimes for me, um, people assume that I'm angry, but really I'm just frustrated or sometimes I'm just really sad or hurt. Uh, and because probably I don't have a, like a, lo- a a wide range of outward emotion, they're just like, oh, I don't know what's happening. Anger. Um, so I'm so sorry. I've rambled a lot. But to say I, I see and appreciate you talking about the stories and how that can just, you know, those... Um, sort of split second stories, how how quick we get into it. And then it just kind of goes off from there. And you go from, as you said, <laughs> pot roast heaven uh, into, you know, challenging conversations. And I think you said 98 seconds. It was it was amazing. And both of us at a certain point, because we're both angry because the other person isn't backing down. And we're like, but you should be backing down because you're the wrong one. And we're both thinking that, right? Even though he was wrong. Um, <laughs> he, it was, I mean, it was an easy mistake, but he didn't have to come and was, if you didn't leave all your stuff laying around, I'm like all my stuff, do you know what I mean? Roar! And, um, and now we're off to the races. Right. And I think the promise behind figuring out why you're angry or why you're so angry in my case, sometimes is not to not be angry anymore, but to diffuse the situation and actually look at what's really happening. Because sometimes anger can be a very, productive emotion mm-hmm. it gets it can get you straight to the heart of i don't like what's happening i'm having a hard time and i used to think that if i just held it in that if i controlled my temper that everything would go my way again do you know what i mean or i would be the good one and that person would be the bad one so the more i didn't show my anger the better i was but actually the more bitter and then later the sadder i became mm-hmm. and they do sometimes say that like anger turn inward turns into sadness and then that can lead to like depression. And I think when I was younger, I wasn't as good at expressing my anger. And I've got to say, um, I'll just say it. My guy's a bit of a hothead. And one of the things that that allows me is to actually, for the first time in my life, be a hothead right back. Hmm. And it gets out, it gets it out really fast. I will say we were from, you know, pot roast good times to roar in like 95 seconds back to happy again, about 95 seconds later, it was pretty (laughs) fast. And I will say that there's been times when something little like that. And then somebody like what it was, was I was like, no, 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 don't, you know, he was mad that I, I was like, no, don't, you know, throw that away. It's the last of the cold water or whatever. Cause I just refilled the pitcher. So it was like, mm-hmm. oh, great. Now I have to drink lukewarm water because the co- water isn't cold right now because somebody never fills up the pitcher. Do you know what I mean? It was all that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's happening. And he's not even sorry, Brianna. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's about me leaving my stuff all over the place, which I don't leave my stuff all over the place. I leave it all in uh, my office that is incredibly untidy. Okay. I'm not the tidy one. However, I can't leave any of my stuff anywhere as evidenced by the fact that if I just leave a cup for 15 seconds, Brianna, it's gone. Do you know what I mean? Like, am I not allowed to set anything anywhere? Um, But the truth was he was just upset because here he was like cleaning everything and I was just complimenting him for it. And now I'm yelling at him. You know what I mean? So he's like, oh, oh, okay. It's fine when I'm cleaning everything else. Do you know what I mean? And you were just telling me how wonderful I am. And now it's already over after all this work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. It's not about what's happening. It's about the thoughts that you have about what's happening. But once he told me, he was like, I'm sorry. I was on a roll. I was like, I'm sorry. I don't. Also, um, the water had cooled in the pitcher in the fridge just a little bit. So um, the idea that I was, you know, a chubby menopausal woman sitting in a hot room drinking warm water was not <laughs> what I was up for in that moment. I was like, Oh, the water's kind of cool. So actually it's no harm, no foul. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I will say having somebody who actually just genuinely let me be mad and then just truly forgive me instead of like, that's not been my experience in life. Normally 
bygones are not bygones. Bygones are like here to stay and be back, you know, be brought up again tomorrow and to be held in silent resentment for the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> so to actually deal with somebody who could just be mad and then let it go, it's like, oh, this is fun. You know, like the, not fun, but I mean, like this is like we this is workable. Like mm -hmm. it's so much easier than me never trying to be mad because the truth of the matter is I've had a whole life of just putting up with a lot of crap. And, um, I don't think I have a lot more of that left. I think I used it all up in the first half. So, uh, lucky me, you know what I'm saying? Get it out, get it gone. <laughs> I do know what you're saying. And I appreciate everything <laughs> about all of that. I think, especially, uh, when you talk about, Hold it, having to hold on to the anger and then what that can lead to. And then the, you know, just, I mean, honestly, it sounds like joy <laughs> in being able to have someone uh, with whom you can actually experience and share your emotions with, even when it's anger. Uh, and then, you know, it doesn't, it, it's just a moment and it doesn't last and there's apologies and maybe a little discussion about what happened. And then you just kind of, you just move on. And I think, Similar to you, I've spent a lot of time not just holding on to to my anger, uh, but not even acknowledging that I'm angry about anything. So as soon as that kind of, historically, as soon as that was coming up for me, um, I would find something to avoid. So I would find something to do or distract myself, or I would you know, start telling myself different stories to make excuses for whatever was happening, um, essentially to talk myself out of my anger, because for me, anger just doesn't feel comfortable. I think there are some folks who conflict and anger that that that's a space where they maybe they don't live there, but they're definitely very comfortable with that. And, and that's just not me. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, particularly in the last um, year or so, uh, just trying to identify, you know, what what does anger really feel like, which I know is crazy uh, to say or, or feels um, like people are like, whoa, <laughs> wow. Uh, but it's true. I mean, I just, because it felt like, um, it just felt like anger was to me a, an unhelpful emotion because I just, and I don't know, it just didn't ever seem to get me anywhere. And definitely when people were like, especially folks who are just like what I perceive to be angry about small things or like they're just kind of flipping out about things that it's like, really? Um, I just have not seen or had not seen any value in that. But unfortunately, what that meant is obviously then I cut myself off from those, that emotion or even understanding how to deal with it or uh, interact with with people while I'm in that state. So uh, what I guess I had to learn about anger is one, I can have it, two, I can handle having it, and three, I can still be very um, interactive and share that with other people in a way that's not hurtful or harmful, but just speaking very truthfully, what you are doing right now is making me angry <laughs> or or just letting like not, I, I think one of the things I had to learn too is I don't have to, um, I don't necessarily have to hold on to that to spare someone else's feelings. So um, again, I'm not saying that I go into rages or anything like that, but if someone's doing something that's very frustrating uh, or, you know, making me angry, I am much more comfortable now with talking about that and, and just saying, you know, having those conversations with folks to talk about, hey, we really need to talk about this situation because um, here's what I'm seeing. Here's how that makes me feel. And um, this is what I'd like to have happen in the future because I'm not willing to keep interacting with you if this is going to happen. Um, and those are tough conversations to have, and it's not like I have to do it all the time, but uh, I definitely am better now at acknowledging that instead of feeling like I've just got to swallow it or avoid avoid it and just kind of put up with whatever is coming my way. I totally relate to what you're saying, because 
my petty domestic squabbles aside, David is one of the few people that I actually can um, be like angry with. I've never been the kind of person who can like. My sister's the kind of person who will like swear if something's broken, and honestly, that makes me uncomfortable in a different setting. Like with David, I'm so comfortable, which is just so unusual for me, uh, which I think makes us a really good match. But in other situations, when somebody is outwardly sweary or angry or raging, you know, that that sort of like, you know, that, you know what I mean? Like the, you know, Mm -hmm. because of their frustration with like a, um, like a remote or, you know, like a a celebrity throwing their cell phone against the wall. Um, Mm -hmm. That kind of aggression and outward expression of anger, um, all I can do is like stare stare at the floor and feel like I wish the world would swallow me up whole. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that whole feeling is so scary for me. And and I come from a household where my father was, um, he loved us very loudly, Brianna. He had a lot of things going on in life. He was under a lot of stress. But as a smaller child, you know, I like internalized a lot of that. And I could feel like I definitely have a very mom and dad are fighting kind of feeling when somebody goes into a rage like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not like at home where I can comfortably like come back at him. Do you know what I mean? Like I've learned over time that I could just say, blah, 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 you know, back at David. And then we're, you know, and I'm even doing the hand gestures where your hand gestures get really big outside your body and you're all rah, rah, rah. And, um, I've just never had that before in my life. And I think one of the hopes behind identifying why you're so angry is so that you can not villainize those feelings and also correct the incorrect stories that you're telling yourself so that you can live a happier and more productive life. Because I Mm -hmm. have wasted a lot of time being very hurt over something that happens because of what I feel like it means. And I think one of the things that really helps me when I get angry with someone is to recognize, okay, is this, is this a rage against injustice? Is this a minor irritation? Is this a frustration? Is this a pattern of unfair behavior that I'm tolerating from an individual that is no longer tolerable? And to figure out what I can do to empower myself to change that circumstance. And sometimes it's a matter of that person isn't going to change, so I have to choose what I do in the meantime. For instance, I come from a family of brothers and sisters, and I was the middle kid, and it was just one of those deals where if I didn't eat all my candy, my sister was going to come after that candy. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, she just had a, she had, she, it's like, she's like, can I have a bite? And she would take like the world's biggest bite. And I would be enraged. Do you know what I mean? Because that was like my sandwich. Do you know what I mean? And she would just laugh. And that's just what kids do. But to this day, do not ask for a bite of this and take a giant bite. Or I am mm-hmm. going to be like the, the weight of future injustices. And my guy, I imagine that he was my sister. When he was a kid, I'm like, I want to know what your other siblings have to say about your bites of things. Who goes for the middle part of someone else's sandwich, Brianna, when they take a bite? It's definitively the corner you're supposed to take. Listen, if you're listening to me, (laughs) you ask for a bite of somebody's sandwich, you go for the corner. I'm telling you right now, that is rude. That is rude. Get your own sandwich. Um, But who does that? Who comes after that? So I had to set a very strong boundary. And when I'm cooking food... I have to make sure he knows I will make you some, but you cannot have mine. You cannot have mine. Like, no, like to this day, I'll like, if we're making a pizza and he's like, I don't really want much pizza. I'm like, okay, this is my half of the pizza. And there's your half. Never the twain shall meet. Cause you're so sure you only <laughs> want a little. And then you just start taking pieces off of both sides. And before you know it, I, the one who wanted said pizza only had a quarter of it. And you're like, what do you mean you had half? And I'm like, no. No, it did not happen. My point being, uh, sometimes you have to adjust what you're doing. Do you know what I'm Like, you've got to stand up for yourself. And it's really uncomfortable. Um, and I haven't, like, actually met anybody. Like, all these are going to basically devolve to domestic squabbles between David and I. Because it's one of the few relationships I've ever had where I've successfully resolved differences. <laughs> There's been huge other things that I've been incredibly mad at, and I just had to eat it because I couldn't establish the boundary. So I will not have many other success stories. 
I appreciate hearing about the boundaries and uh, just a little uh, tutorial there on sandwich sharing. Um. Oh, yes, yes. Well, all of these are going to be so petty because the big ones are really hard. And also last episode, I was so personal and so heavy. I feel just really ridiculous. Oh, no, I think it's so funny because when you're talking about the sandwich, mine is like, <laughs> don't take a if you're a person who doesn't like frosting, don't take the piece of cake with all the frosting and then scrape it off and leave it on the plate. <laughs> oh, you get a middle slice. What's wrong with you? Why'd you take the corner with all the, oh. yeah. So, um, okay. So that was that there, that was mine. Uh, and not like I would ever really talk to anybody about it. I would just quasi passive aggressively, I guess, say it here for our listeners. <laughs> or I, I do the take charge of I'm cutting this cake. Do you like frosting? Middle slice. See, this is how we right. handle this. No, no. You want a small piece? There you go. Um, so uh, <laughs> totally getting off track now because all I'm thinking about is cake. Yeah, I, I really, I think it's fun to talk about these types of, um, to talk about these examples because I think aside from it just being fun to talk about sandwiches and cake, I do think it is the smaller experiences that help us with the more difficult ones. So if we can be in a space where, particularly with the people that we're really close to and feel very safe with, if we get into a space where we can, um, if, if this is something we have to work on, uh, feeling our anger, vocalizing or verbalizing our anger, and then, you know, dealing with whatever comes uh, from that, I think practicing that uh, with you know, in those small ways with people can actually be really helpful. I, um, I know for me, I really, one of the things that pushed me to have to get in touch with not just my anger, but uh, also looking at my expectations of people was just becoming uh, a leader and having people to manage. And, you know, you really have to uh be very self-aware and in touch with what's going on with you if you're going to have any kind of positive or helpful influence with um, the folks that you're leading. And so that for me was a huge learning opportunity for, um, you know, just how to not avoid my to not avoid my feelings about a particular situation, but also like um, if I had an employee that I had to do some corrective coaching with, uh, I also had to, you know, stow my frustration because I'm very much um, <laughs> uh, uh, like, tell me once and I've probably got it. If you have to remind me, then I definitely got it, right? You don't have to come back and come back and come back. And so in those situations where I had to maybe do some corrective coaching and then coach on the same thing and coach on the same thing. Now I'm getting frustrated and I'm angry and I'm telling myself a lot of stories about, you know, this person and why can't, why are they like, like they're doing it on purpose. And sometimes people are making the choice just not to do the right thing. And honestly, one of the biggest learning pieces I had is some people just unfortunately aren't going to get it. And so you do have to give you know, I had to learn how to really identify, again, stop telling myself the stories, kind of go and dig a little deeper, look at the root cause of what was happening, and then go from there. For the folks that were actively choosing not to do the right thing, um, that's a very different conversation than those people who just for whatever reason aren't getting it or aren't seeing. Sometimes it's just they're not seeing the importance of it of uh, whatever um, thing that you need them to do. And that could be, you know, that could be professionally in your job or that could be at home or with your friends. I mean, there are all kinds of reasons why people don't, apparently, why they're not doing what I want them to do. Um, and we have to, as you said, identify once we once we get to the root cause of that or once we really identify what that is, then we have to decide, am I okay with this? And can I deal with this? Or is this something I need to approach the person about and try to correct? Or is this something where I just need to 
and I feel terrible saying this, but where I just need to let this go because it's not going to change. I'm not going to change the way I feel about it. So the best thing for both of us is if I, um, if I let this, let it, let this relationship or this experience or, you know, fill in the blank, if I just let that go. Yes, I totally agree. I think it, I think one of the more ineffective solutions I had dealing with my anger was avoidance. I would be angry with somebody and I would feel as if they were doing something to me and then I would just avoid them or cut them off completely and just never exercise the art of confrontation because I'm a very conflict averse person. You wouldn't know it by my stories with David, um, Mm -hmm. but I can be a very conflict averse person. And sometimes it's because I tell myself a story about they're never going to apologize. They're never going to do this. And it might not be the kind of person who apologizes. However, if I never try, I never know for sure. And -hmm. I think for me, being willing to be uncomfortable and being willing to be disappointed and be willing to be proved right in some instances, at least gives me the opportunity. My mom, my mom is uh, Filipina. And one of the first American phrases she heard was at her wedding where it was speak now or forever hold your peace. And my mom will say, you know, it's like this, that speak now or forever hold. Like, and basically what she's saying is she just heard the rest, the whole wedding ceremony, whatever. But when she heard that phrase, she was just like, yeah, I'm going to speak up. And, and, and for me, the victory in just speaking up for myself takes away that extra little edge that sometimes anger gets me where I feel like I'm always just having to be the one to suck it up. Like at Mm -hmm. the very least, if I stand up for myself, even if I don't get the result I want, I can, um, I can let go of some of the anger because some of my rage for the longest time was actually because of what I thought circumstances meant. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. I had a really good friend of mine, not a really good friend of mine, I should say. We're not even friends anymore. There was a person I was running a show with for a long time who was withholding and dishonest, if I'm on if I'm if I'm frank about it. And it took me a long time to realize that even though this person was claiming that they were being open and honest, they were like deliberately withholding important bits of information for, from me. And that important information, mm-hmm. you know, affected my career, wherein I would, I was being very open and forthcoming. And I really felt used by this person. And there was one instance where I got angry because I wrote to her that I couldn't show up to something because I was on the phone with a friend of mine who was, um, grieving someone that had died and I couldn't make it to, you know, whatever meeting that we had scheduled. And later she wrote, um, these meetings are really important and I can't believe that you would cancel, but we'll go ahead and reschedule. Like she, and, and I was really angry because I, she had done so many things that I thought were wrong. And then she had the nerve to confront me on canceling something for what I thought was a really good reason. And I just didn't, you know, I just, I just shut down and I just got really quiet and, and our interactions were more tense. And she finally, because she, she isn't a conflict averse person at all. She did come to me and she was just like, you know, what's going on? You know, ever since you canceled that meeting, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know, um, you know, and if anybody should be mad, it should be me. And I was like, I'm angry because I was dealing with somebody who just, you know, lost their mom. And all you can think about is yourself. And she's like, well, you should have told me that you were dealing with someone grieving. Of course I would have. And I went, I, I did tell you, I texted it to you. She's like, you didn't. And I was, and she still had her phone with her and she checked the text. And indeed I had, she just had read it quickly. Mm-hmm. Now I'd like to say an apology followed, but instead upon realizing that she was wrong, she considered it case closed, didn't apologize. And then went, well, okay. And then, went about asking me for more additional favors. We're no longer friends. And I really wish to this day that I'd spoken up like, I think you owe me a po- an apology. Why is it you're quick to demand apologies, but never give them out and, and said a bunch of other things. But at the time, the best I had was, oh, you know, in a couple months, we're not going to know each other. And to this day, um, 
like if she reaches out to me on Facebook or something like that, I just uh, ignore it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I realize you've got a giant swath of people that you're just randomly texting to keep relationships and go, but I just don't engage at all. And I think part of my rage was that, and I still haven't with that particular relationship, but I just, it's been so long, I'm just going to let it go, was that I didn't stand up for myself. So some of the times it's what's happening, but it's also what I do about what's happening that can add to the anger. And I think for a long time, I was very angry because I didn't stand up for myself. I just avoided. And it is not it is not the best solution. Sometimes it's what you got. If you if that's what you got, that's what you got. But be uncomfortable. Do a little more. Absolutely. I do think that there are times when maybe the avoidance is uh, the best that you have. I know particularly for me, if I'm really stressed out or, you know, if you've just got a lot of other things vying for your attention and time, that truly is sometimes all you can all you can do, particularly if you're, um, and I'm not saying that we have to do it, you know, if we're going to have some confrontation or, or confrontation just has a negative connotation to it. But if we're going to advocate for ourselves, I'll use that term. If we're going to advocate for ourselves, we definitely want to set ourselves up for success. And again, I'm not saying that you have to do it perfectly, but I do know for myself, I do have to weigh Am I going to be able to do it in a way that is going to be successful? Or at the very least, am I going, do I need to do this right now because it's it's what I it's what I need to do? I don't I don't know if that makes sense, but sometimes I just weigh, you know, I just have to weigh, is it gonna be, you know, is my anger gonna abate or am I gonna feel any better about this by confronting the person? And if the answer is uh, no, then, um, and I can truly say the answer is is a no and not just an excuse to avoid, then I'm, I'm very comfortable just letting, like letting that go, letting that lie uh, yeah. and taking that as information for next time. Uh, because sometimes, you know, you do give people a pass, right? Particularly the closest, you know, the close people in our lives. Sometimes you're just oh, I know that person's got something going on, sort of like you were talking about um, with you and David, uh, so that there's something going on or um, or I just know that he's on a roll. He doesn't mean it. <laughs> so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, let this one go or, and that's okay. I'm, I think to uh, one of the biggest things I hope that uh, folks get out of this is, you know, one of the things about being angry is you get to decide, you get to decide what you're going to do, you get to decide how you're going to feel, and it's not going to be the same every time. And it's not going to be the same for every person in your life, every situation. I think the biggest thing that if I can kind of impart or talk about is just being really present in the moment and giving yourself space to feel the feeling so that you can make you can discern and you can make good decisions about what you're going to do with all of that. And honestly, if the, as you said, if the best you can do is uh, nothing, then that's okay. If the best you can do <laughs> is to speak up for yourself or advocate your, for yourself and your voice is totally shaking and inside you feel like you're going to either throw up or cry or maybe do both, that's fine too. <laughs> um but I agree with you when you talk about, I think sometimes, you know, what makes a situation or my thoughts about a situation even more challenging or adds to that anger is I see where I had the opportunity to say something, I could have said something, and I just chose not to, uh, and not for those what I would what I would say would for me are like the valid reasons, right? Some of those things we've talked about. It's not the right time. It's not that really that big of a deal. Um, you know, it's not that. It's I could have, I wish I would have, uh, and I didn't. And now I'm angry about the thing. I'm angry that I didn't say anything. And I'm, I guess, angry because they, that person doesn't magically know <laughs> that I'm angry. I love that you brought up that sometimes avoidance is a good thing to do, especially if confronting somebody is going to 
endanger your own mental health or put you in physical danger because some people are hotheads mm-hmm. <clears throat> and confrontation, or I should say, what's the word that the, uh, what's the phrase you used? I liked it. It was, um, advocate. Yeah. Advocate for yourself. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes if advocating for yourself is going to be fruitless and possibly not serve your best interest, I would definitively say, yes, avoidance can be a tool to be used. However, I think I leaned on that tool a little too much for myself. And I will say that sometimes, and it's taken me a while to do that. Sometimes if I just at least say what I feel in the moment, I remember I was dealing with, um, some sort of paperwork, like some, I remember being in like a, like an office or I was dealing with a social worker. That's right. And he was chastising me for something that I felt like this wasn't, I felt like he was taking out his day on me, to be honest. And it was um, disturbing. And it was also making me worried that I wasn't going to get the assistance that I really needed. And it was very upsetting to me. And I managed to just eke out the phrase, I, this feels really aggressive to me. Do you know I mean before the mm. tears started falling, and it turned the entire situation around? Do you know what I mean? Like it, there were tissues, there was the oh no no I didn't mean it. I mean uh, you know there was apologies. It all went differently, and and he was very aggressive, Brianna. Like I felt like it was like um. I don't know, like an angry dad at a baseball game. Do you know what I mean? Like screaming mm-hmm. at an umpire type of rage, you know, when they just get all crazy like that. And I, I didn't feel like I, I'd done anything to warrant that. And just by able, just being able to eke out, like, I feel frustrated. I feel like, you know, and this time I said, this feels very aggressive to me, what's happening, you know, or just feeling like I, just like stating where I am in that moment can sometimes let someone know how they're coming across to you and give them an opportunity to correct that if it's not what they intend. And a lot of times it isn't to my surprise. I remember somebody um, at a party coming up to me saying, you've been here for 45 minutes and you haven't even looked over, you haven't even looked at me. And I just, you know, and everybody was staring at me and I was like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know that was a thing was my response. Like, I didn't know when you got into a party, you had to look at everybody's face or something. Um, and it got a huge laugh and she was like, well, I, and then I was like, oh, wait a minute. This wasn't actually something I'd done wrong. Mm-hmm. Did, did it, but just by saying like, what was true to me in that moment, like it diffused the situation. And I was not in this uncomfortable, like, it, cause she had a very, how dare you not even look at me like attitude. And I just, I don't know. I think there were chips. Like I walked in and it used to the kind of party you walk into when you're kind of close to the, the kitchen. And I think I probably gravitated toward the food as I do. Um, <laughs> and the people around the food, you know, cause those are my people, Brianna, frankly. And um, yeah. Yeah. But sometimes just stating how you feel can even in a shaky voiced teary or strangely funny way uh, can go a long way to actually like taking away that, that anger and that discomfort because I was pissed because um, I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that you hit on a good point. It's what are some of those things that lead you to, what are those like internal things or those um, maybe those triggers that lead to anger? So you're talking about that embarrassed feeling or kind of being uh, that, that sense of being put on the spot particularly about something that you didn't know was a thing. I think I could definitely relate to something like that. Um, But it is helpful to know what are some things that just are going to take you there uh, so that, again, it's that sense of when you're in that anger space, uh, it is just helpful for identifying what's really happening here again. And if you're angry, you're angry. And that is definitely okay. Uh, but sometimes uh, it's helpful to be able to know ahead of time, oh, I know I get angry <laughs> like for me. I know I get angry when, again, I'm maybe doing some corrective coaching and this person gives me, and I'm using air quotes, an excuse, you know, like, uh, like um, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head and I can't. So where it is 
I guess where I deem it, that's just an excuse for why you did the wrong thing. (laughs) Uh, I need you to do the right thing. Um, But I've been in like circular conversations with people where that's happening. And I'm like, you know, it's really frustrating when you're just basically giving me the excuse for why you did the wrong thing. And they're telling me, because from their point of view, they're telling me why they did the wrong thing. And it's, it, it, it's such a frustrating back and forth that doesn't tend to get resolved. It just leaves both of us feeling angry. So very much like you uh, explained, talking about how it's making you feel or what the consequences of the action is versus just telling someone that they've done something wrong or that they've done something inappropriate, just getting to the heart of the matter of here is what happened, here's what I saw, and and keeping it to very specific true facts, Uh, not putting any blame or labels on that, but just saying here's what happened, Uh, here's what I'm concerned about, or here's how it made me feel, and keeping it very much about the I, using those I statements, uh, and then identifying what you want to have happen in the future. And some people are going to respond well to that. Some people are going to not respond well in the moment and then come back and and maybe be okay. Some people are just never going to be okay. All of that is information for you. And all of that is um, information not only about that person or about that situation, but it's also that information for yourself so that the next time that happens or something similar happens, you just know that, okay, I've handled this in the past. This is what I've done. And you can you can use that moving forward. So when we ask questions like, how do I, how do I stop being angry all the time? Or how do I stop being angry at the world? We can start in these really small ways, just trying to identify and and improve our self-awareness. What sends us to that angry place? Am I actually feeling my anger or am I, you know, am I kind of, have I been bottling it up and now it's just at the volcano spew, (laughs) which, right, we've all been there, Uh, or, you know, or um, am I telling myself stories, which may or may not be true about what's really going on here? All of that, I think, is just helpful information so that it really, that anger becomes useful. I had, um, you know, as I've been working on this uh, for a while now, my uh, therapist talks about uh, emotions in particular for me, because it's such a struggle, um, anger as being like a sacred message. It's essentially uh, you're, you're telling yourself, hey, wait, something's not right here. And then it, it's up to us to kind of delve into that story a little more and then make decisions about how we're going to handle that. And so I hope that if people are you know out there and wondering why they're so angry, that they can Uh, find some space to uh, do some of this um, exploration to see, well, how do I really, first of all, what do I feel about anger? How do I experience anger? What's my behavior once I am, you know, in it? Uh, And then if, if there are things in there that they feel like they want to work on, that they can use some of these things that we've talked about uh, to do that, because I don't, I definitely don't want people to think anger is bad or something that we have to work to either avoid or suppress or any of those things. It is a useful, helpful emotion. The thing that makes it not that (laughs) is when it either takes over and um, has us acting or behaving uh, or experiencing life in ways that just aren't feeling very true to us. Yes, I totally agree. Because sometimes I remember when I was, especially when I was younger, um, in my early 20s and my late teens, I, or actually even, you know, right when I got hormonal, I became a hormonal teenager, I had a lot of depression and a lot of anger. And I think sometimes what happens, especially when you're young and you live a life that you don't have a lot of control of when you're a very small child and very unjust things can happen. Um, Sometimes it can be very enraging to see the injustice of the world, to see that there are other kids who get more than you ever had or kids who had stuff and they act like it's no big deal or to have people judge you for the way you look or disability or who you are or your race. And that injustice 
especially as a young person, can be very enraging. And you don't know what to deal with it, what to do with it. And you also don't know what to, why it's happening. Do you know what I mean? I just remember distinctly little things from when I was a kid that weren't fair, you know, that no fair, no fair. And later I look back at my own journal, you know, because I started keeping it a journal when I was nine. And I realized, oh my God, this teacher was racist. <laughs> and <laughs> there's sort of a lot of rage that I had at um, 14, 15, 16, 22, 26 about things that happened to me that weren't right. And I was very, very angry. And not being able to deal with that rage, I turned in on myself and made choices and acted in a way that didn't get my life to where I wanted to go. And because I didn't deal with that anger and then I had the sadness, then I had this just deep-seated, angry all the time feeling because I was absolutely discontent with who and what and where I was in the world because I had big dreams for my life and I wanted to be somebody and I wasn't. And I was just angry all the time. And so how do you stop being angry all the time? One, like I think journaling really helped me a great deal. And two, me taking positive action in my life helped me to do that. And then three, acknowledging that the things that happened weren't fair and weren't right. But it doesn't mean that that rage and that dissatisfaction can't be channeled into me I will say there's been plenty of time where I've gotten a lot done on the I'll show them. Hmm. Even if they're not looking, Brianna, mostly they're not looking. I don't think they've <laughs> ever been looking now that I think about it. But there is something about channeling the rage of injustice towards a positive end that can help you get rid of that anger. And then there are other just actual anger exercises where you scream in your car or you beat a pillow or you write your angry thoughts down and you get it all out. because. It's hard sometimes to be, to stop being angry at someone like someone who hurt you because you think for me to stop being angry, I allow myself to be vulnerable, then I could be sad. And there's a part of me that believed that if I let go of that anger, I'm letting them off the hook. But it wasn't until I really, and people explained it to me, but I didn't really feel it to be true. It wasn't until I realized that I was the one suffering because I was angry at them. Mm -hmm. They were just around living their life, which made me even madder because I felt like I didn't matter. I was madder because I didn't matter. Um, <laughs> and that sort of feeling of inconsequentialness and impotence is enraging. And it wasn't until I showed myself that I mattered. I showed me. I show me that I matter. I show me that I care. And I really, that by addressing these things in myself and and. And I got help. I talked to therapists. I went to a support group and I stopped acting in a way to just avoid that rage. And I felt it all. And I felt the sadness that came after. And I think letting that go doesn't mean what happened was right, but it can mean that you don't have to suffer for something somebody else did. Mm -hmm. And definitely, I appreciate you talking about that because it does highlight that when you can do that, then you create space for yourself to actually do things to help yourself along. It no longer uh, holds that sort of, um, it no longer is, is a barrier to you being able to see what your options really are. I think the sense of control is a big one and feeling, uh, feeling vulnerable to or in situations that are also not safe or a, a, a big one for me. I mean, you talk about justice and I think uh, mine has been, you know, that sense, like that innate sense of fairness. And um, I always feel very childish or childlike when I, when I think about that, because there are just some things that should be fair. And I know people love to say, oh, the world's not, whoever told you the world's fair, or, life isn't fair. And okay, I guess, but As the world shouldn't works it in be? Their favor. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, there are just some things that I feel like should be fair or or and i think rather than using the word fairness i like that you use the word just or justice i think there there should be just justice and justness uh in the world and so some of those things where you they're they're so big and they feel like how am i ever going to how can i one person possibly um have any effect and then i agree with you then you just feel uh somewhat 
out of control or impotent to be able to do something. And for me, that too, that just leads to this internal anger. But I, I really appreciate you talking about um, that, that it's important that we identify that and recognize that, yeah, what's happening uh, is not okay. And it's okay to be mad about it. And then the important piece of finding a safe and helpful and uh, safe and effective way, I guess, to get that out. And you mentioned journaling. Uh, you mentioned uh, therapy, support group. Uh, I think you said screaming in the car, hitting a pillow. Uh, one of mine was I had a little mini meltdown about four or five months into COVID. And I was in uh, like a group, like a virtual Zoom setting uh, with people that I know and, and and care about, but I just couldn't handle <laughs> the uh, direction of the conversation because it was early. It was still relatively early days in COVID, but people were already talking about like, we just need to stop all of the, um, okay, this is what I heard. Let's say that. I heard people talking about just taking risks and wanting to just stop wearing masks and do all this stuff. And as a nurse, that was very frustrating because I was very much aware of what COVID was doing, uh, both in the real like immediate effects and then being able to see the long-term effects and then the risks uh, associated with it for my colleagues and I. And so I was just like one of those angries where <laughs> like I didn't know, like I couldn't speak. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. So, well, that's not true. So I couldn't speak. I couldn't listen anymore. So I just, it was a virtual uh, setting. So I just excused myself and I cried. I cried because I was so frustrated. I was so just angry and there were just, there was a lot happening there. And then I, I did something physical that I can't quite remember. <laughs> and then I uh, did an impulse buy of a punching bag <laughs> Nice. and it has been incredibly helpful. Uh, and and not to not to advocate for violence, but there sometimes is something that's very uh, cathartic about being really angry and being able to do something very physical to dispel or release that energy. Some people like to run. Some people like to clean. Some people journal or play sports or whatever. Uh, for me, it is that physical piece of you know that punching bag. It is awesome. And I'm really, you know, in part, I'm really grateful for that experience because it helped me see that I didn't have to hang on to that. It was okay to be upset about that. And, you know, I I now have a new, I I now have a new and safe and effective outlet for um, not just those big, like, volcano kind of feeling moments, but even just, you know, at the end of a really stressful day to come home and do that for 15 or 20 minutes with some, uh, shall I say, sort of ragey music. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. Um, I mean, it does wonders uh, for just being able to let that go. Because as you said, when I hang on to that or when I, when I just feel like I need to, you know, not let that go, the only person that's hurting is me. I love that you brought out the physical part, the 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 punching bag, because I do feel like there's something about anger that really lives in the body. And I think being able to express it physically and even though I'm not, um, you know, I often think of myself as like a floating head in a jar, like that Futurama character. I, I have found that when I've walked or scrubbed or, you know what I mean, or, you know, beat a pillow or. You know, I remember once thinking, well, you know what, instead what I'll do is I'll, um, I'll go to the gun range, you know, and I tried to shoot not not for me, the, um, the, the loud noises, which of course are going to happen at guns, make me jumpy. So it wasn't very, it's like, you can't really just scream and like shoot a gun at a gun range. So I don't know that that one was such a great thought, but the, the walking, the muttering to myself angrily as I pace back and forth in my house can get some of that out angry writing in a journal but i think the punching bag is a winner like it's like it makes me want to get a punching bag right now and angry music totally works do you know what i mean to just be like Rawr! you know and get it out because there mm -hmm. is something about anger that that lives in the body and the truth is i can't and it's enraging 
I can't do anything about someone else's thoughts. And one of the things that I have to come to terms with on a regular basis is that I have to let go of my want to control what people think and what people do. And I have to eat that, Brianna. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's not very tasty. All right. Don't like it. (laughs) Don't like it. And I do think it's handy to have like something like a punching bag or something that you can kick or whatever it is to get that aggression out. So you can just sort of, you know, leave it there. Absolutely. And I just want to definitely reiterate that if we're going to leave it there in that physical way, that it's not with people. (laughs) Don't punch them right in the face. I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) That it is definitely, uh, you know, pillows, punching bag. Uh, Now, I, I mean, I don't know if they've, you know, they're still around, but for a while the rage rooms were all the rage, uh, being able to just go and break stuff. Um, but I, I, I do think uh, m- more than anything, uh, being able to talk through it, uh, to really not just complain about things that are making me angry, but really talk to someone about why, why, talk to someone about the situation, what's happening, and then why I'm angry about it. And talking with it Um, with someone who's going to help me tease it out or explore it, not just necessarily someone who's going to like kind of go to that complaining, angry space where we stay in that, like kind of that center of, you know, no control, no empowerment, no agency. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be there. Uh, But I do, you know, you and I, we sometimes have these conversations about, you know, I'll talk about, okay, well, this happened and this is what I did and this is how it felt and then we'll talk through it. And and that can be incredibly helpful and powerful because especially if you're kind of doing that with the same person or the same couple of people, they're really helpful. Uh, it can be really helpful because now they've had that history with you and they can help you uh, remember your other experiences and how they they can tie together. So uh, finding an opportunity to do that uh, with a partner or with another person can be really helpful uh, to, again, not take the anger away, not make it like push it down or, or excuse whatever is happening, but so that you can really identify what's going on and really truly work through it in a way that is meaningful and helpful for you. I love that because I do think venting with a friend is a great way to get over that anger because sometimes the person you're dealing with isn't going to listen. Do you know what I'm saying? So you're going to just have to like, I I think I can think of a million times where you've been that friend for me and I appreciate it uh, because it really does. It really does help just work through that to have somebody to say, oh, yeah, even just you saying uh, you relating to the corner of the sandwich, you know, that ease that rage. Um. (laughs) just being the feeling of being understood like talking to somebody who's going to understand why it's enraging can really just help you cope with it because sometimes there's somebody that you love in your life and they have this little quirk and it's enraging and sometimes just being able to get that off your chest can really go a long way and just regularly scheduling that in your life can help and then some there's i'd be amiss and i'm not a big prayer person but i will say that they talk about resentments in a lot of 12-step programs and they do have the 21 days of prayer that people do. And if you're not willing to pray, you can pray for the willingness uh, to rid yourself of that resentment of a person that you're carrying a lot of anger and resentment towards. And one of the things that somebody said that made it a little easier for me to want to want to do that, because I don't always want to, Brianna, that's not my Mm -hmm. thing, is um, she's like, they don't pay me rent to be in my brain all that time. Do you know what I mean? I just love that. (laughs) They're not paying rent. She's like, I'm evicting them with this prayer. This is my eviction prayer. Good fortune to you. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, just very, (laughs) like, like, yeah, get out. Get out of my thoughts. I'm letting go of this. You're out. You're out of here. And I do sort of like that. um, Can prayer be vengeful? Yeah, yeah. My goodwill to you, sir. I said good day, sir. Um, but it could be a tool and it it doesn't even have to be a prayer, but it could just be the, I'm going to work to put good vibes out, you know what I mean? So that I can evict this person from my mind so that I don't have to waste all this energy and have them, you know, wreck my day. 
Absolutely. And especially if it's a little tough in the beginning, if you need to do it sarcastically, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, in one of our previous episodes, you talked about um, that resentment prayer and uh, just praying for that person's you know, good fortune and hope that they get the things that they want. And I'll be honest, I did it. And the first few days that I did it, there was, I won't say heavy sarcasm, but it was definitely laced <laughs> with a little sarcasm. And ultimately what happened, I, I don't know that I got to the full 21 days, uh, but ultimately, ultimately what happened is in, as you said, in releasing that and just saying, you know, and not ruminating about the the challenge or the thing that was making me angry and just instead, you know, thinking about that person, eventually that like left like lifted and eventually I didn't say the prayer because I wasn't thinking about the situation anymore I love that yeah I've never I don't think I've ever gotten to the 21 days and I do think it does help um it does help us deal with our anger and so I think the the hope behind figuring out why am I so angry is so that I can live a better life once I can let go of that anger or use that anger to channel me into positive action, then I can be happier, get where I want to go and enjoy my life a lot more and also release a lot of tension. The problem can be that from petty domestic squabbles to frustration, to rage of injustice for feelings of embarrassment, to dealing with others or situations or life, all of that can make us incredibly angry. But the solutions are things like what you just talked about, like the prayers, even if it's sarcastic, venting with a friend, avoiding the situation, and then sometimes not avoiding the situation, being prepared <laughs> to be uncomfortable, letting go of the need to control, adjusting our expectations, journaling, get that punching bag, maybe some exercise, maybe some cleaning, some sort of physical way of dealing with that, asking for professional help, support groups, and um, maybe even one of those cool rage rooms, which I think sounds pretty awesome. I hope those, I hope they make a comeback. Uh, and all of those things together can help us deal with our anger so that we can live a happy and more positive life, which brings us to uh, this week's mission, which is to think of something that you're angry about and ask yourself, why am I so angry about this? Um, <laughs> and we'd love to hear from you, your questions, your rages, your your petty differences, your feelings on corner of the sandwich eating, uh, or on, on any of the topics that we've discussed today, email us at positiveviewpodcast at gmail.com. That's positiveview, V-I-E-W, podcast at gmail.com. And on the next episode, we'll be sharing positive thoughts. All episodes long, positive, positive thoughts. Don't forget new episodes are available every Monday. Please subscribe and take a moment to review the podcast because it helps more people to find us. Also, if you're enjoying the Positive View podcast, share us with your friends. That is our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Brianna G. And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. We'll talk soon. 